Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. For the past 20 years, you've enjoyed the refreshing tropical lime flavor of Mountain Dew Baja Blast. So in celebration of this milestone, we're bringing Baja Blast in stores nationwide. And for a limited time with every purchase of Baja Blast, you can collect coins for a chance to get Baja gear or a Taco Bell deal. 2024 is the year of Baja Blast. In stores now. No purchase necessary. Open to U.S. residents 18 plus. Subject to official rules at BajaBlast.com and 61524. Void where prohibited. Football is back, and so is Cash the Ticket. Jim Costa with Mike Valeni every week this fall. That's picks, parlays, and that's sweet, sweet value. Cactus included on all the NFL and college football matchups. Full breakdowns on the biggest games, but if you have a life, you don't have 45 minutes to spare, we've got you. We're the most on-demand podcast. We're catered to you and the teams you love. That's Cash the Ticket. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Brian, this Detroit Lions team uh, comes to AT&T Stadium uh, with an 11-4 record. They have clinched the NFC North. Um, they've had a really, uh, you know, resurgent run here with Dan Campbell. Um, you were you were here in Dallas when Dan Campbell was here, right? Yeah. I was actually in Detroit. I was actually Green Bay, Detroit, the last time they won the uh, what was then the NFC Central. I yep. believe is what we were. We weren't, weren't even the North. We were the NFC Central. Yeah, that was we had what I was Tampa playing. Bay. We had Tampa Bay in the division. So, yep. yeah, Chicago, Minnesota, Detroit, and Tampa. So, yeah, that was kind of a – but, yeah, that, and then had to go play a playoff game uh, at the old Silverdome. So, yeah. Did, did you ever have the impression – and I don't know how much you would have been around Dan Campbell, at the time, but did you ever have an impression of Dan Campbell, of like, oh, that's a future coach right there when he was in Dallas? Uh, you know what, Danny was always a uh, man. He was he was really a student of the game, and, you know. And, but rough tumble, you know, the personality. What you see of, of, of Dan right now is that's exactly what he was as a player. I mean, it was really important to him. Uh, you know, as a player, uh, he was like I say, super tough, super smart. Uh, at times, you, you felt like that, like maybe he was like uh, he, he was. He just was just just like he was like the old they always talk about the bull in the china shop, you know, just kind of banging around and and causing havoc and stuff like that. But very very respected player, and but you know it's funny some of these guys I, I would have I would have never dreamed that Dan would be the type of head coach he is, but you would say that maybe Dan could be a position coach and you know and be that type of guy. But boy, he is he is totally developed into a, a you know I mean and you know, the thing about Dan is they started off so poorly last year and then they finished so well and they had a great season this season but it's really about him and that 
stick to this. You know, and I, I guess I might yeah. have just made up a word. But he, I, I know what you're saying, though. He's one of those guys that you kind of like, you would think that maybe he's like high school Harry with all the sayings and all that stuff. But he really is a believer of staying with the plan, you know, just bonding together and finding ways to win. And that's what his football team, they're, they're, a, uh, they're a team that plays very much to the echo of the whistle. And I mean that in a respectful way, because when you're, you know, you deal with a guy like, and we'll get into, you know, with, with Hutchinson and stuff like that, you better block their players through the whistle, because if you don't, they will make plays. They're just that good of a team. It's funny, you, uh, Dan Campbell being here in Dallas, uh, you know what my my memory as a young Cowboys fan was uh, of Dan Campbell? You know what sticks out to me of his time here? What's that? The lone touchdown that he caught against the Buffalo Bills in a 10-6 football game that uh, I think was called a 7-2. and two. Yeah. And you know what also sticks out to me about that game, Brian? Do you remember who iced the game with a 17-yard run on third down? Mm-mm. Adrian I- Morrell. Adrian Morrell did. A lot of people don't even remember Adrian Morrell was with Dallas, but he was here for a minute. Adrian Morrell, the old uh, was he a Jet, right? When he was, yeah, that, it was Jets. a person. He was, uh, he was yeah. one of those uh, as the Dallas media used to call him, Fobs, friends yeah. of Bill. Friends he was of a Bill. friend of Bill Parcells. Yeah, I, I, I didn't have, I couldn't remember who exactly. It's funny, like Dave Campa, we interviewed him today on 105.3 The Fan. And I remembered Fred Strickland, like an obscure linebacker yeah. we had in Green Bay that ended up playing in Dallas. Yeah. And Dave goes, I can't remember the linebacker. And I go, Fred Strickland. And he goes, yeah, Fred Strickland. <laughs> so, yeah, but Adrian Morrell, uh, I remember, I actually remember the first, one of the first times I ever went scouting in my life. Uh, two schools I went to, 19, I went to Iowa and into West Virginia, to, and Adrian Morrell was at West Virginia. I remember remember scouting him, but man, that was a that's a. But it seems like ages ago, and it was it was ages. Yeah, ago. I, mean, I mean, even in 03, Adrian Morrell was uh, yeah. barely hanging on in the NFL at that yeah. point. Uh, Brian, let's talk about this Detroit Lions offense. We'll talk about the defense on uh, tomorrow's episode. But uh, when you take a look at this offense, what really stands out to you? I know I for me watching them. Um, they're, they're really strong in the trenches. Um, they, I, I know that just like any offensive line, it's not always perfect. There are spots where maybe you can take advantage of some things. But, man, I feel like together as a unit, they play really solid, uh, you know, in pass protection and in the run game. I, I just I, I think that this is going to be an offensive line that's going to give the Cowboys some trouble. Well, you know, I, I kind of feel like that with Detroit, when you look at them, though, uh, it's it's to me, you know, Penny Sewell – he was drafted when he was 20 years old. He's now in his third year in the league, and he he's your right tackle. And the thing about him is that there there have been some times in games that you've watched that I've studied where he's just so outside dominant, dominant, you know, kick, 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 kick. And, you know, he's in, and but then sometimes people take him inside, and there's a little bit of a struggle there. I I do. Those euro I, steps, those little hop steps, those little hop steps, up. yeah. But I, I tell the you what, swim. I think Bobby, where 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 you really need to make some hay against against this Detroit offensive line is you, if you can, it's on the it's on the left side with two former Buckeyes with with uh, with Jonah Jackson and then Taylor Decker over there. I, yeah. I, I when you watch them play, you could tell you could tell. That Jackson, the guard, is always has his eye on what's going on with Taylor Decker, 
Because Taylor Decker is a really good athlete, but he doesn't have much power. Yeah, I was I mean, about to say, De- Decker can struggle with power. You can rush to his chest. You can absolutely. He gets very upright, and and all of a sudden, I've seen people walk him straight to the quarterback. Yep. You know, and so there's times where Jackson, if you put guys on Jackson to make him have to block, and then he can't pay attention to or help Decker, that might be something that you see the Cowboys try to do in this game. Cover up Jackson, the guard, and then make Decker play one-on-one. That's that that would be what I would have to do because his eyes are always to the outside. And, you know, and then I noticed with 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 Jackson, the guard, he struggled when they tacked his left shoulder. So his left shoulder, his outside shoulder, when they when teams attack that shoulder, he tended to have a little bit more of a problem. So I feel like that the right side of their offensive line is is really good. Ragnall, the center, is coming back from some injuries and stuff like that, but but still, he's really, really good. I, I was really wrong about him. I kind of thought he was more of a third-round guy, much like what they did with Travis Frederick, you know, same kind of. But, you know, both guys really close, what we call belly-to-belly blockers, grab you, second level, you know, scoops, reach, don't get knocked on the ground kind of thing. But if Dallas is going to put pressure on golf, I think it's going to come off the left side. Uh, it'll be the left side of the Detroit offensive line, the right side of the Dallas Cowboys defense. A lot of people had thrown uh, dirt on Jared Goff when yeah. the Rams moved on from him. And, and it was almost kind of like, well, that's an indictment. If Sean McVay thinks I need a different quarterback to come in here, it, it felt like it was just the, you know, oh, well, well, if Sean McVay rejects you, then then you must not have much of it. But, man, he's been really good in Detroit these last couple of years. And, uh, you know, I think he's he's found himself a little bit. You know, Sean McVay is, is kind of famous for kind of talking in his ear up until the 15-second mark. Um, but but I think he's kind of found himself, and, and the Lions have let him, you know, Ben Johnson, Dan Campbell, they've done a good job fostering an environment for him to be a difference maker. Um, but, it, but he's somebody who can absolutely hurt the Cowboys with his ability, um, trusts his ability to, to fit the ball in some tight spaces. Sure Mm-hmm. And there will be an opportunity, I think, for you to generate some turnovers in this one. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, but this is what's interesting about golf. If you look at all the metrics, and man, I'm I'm having fun learning about metrics. And I'm learning things. There's things that pop out when you talk about Jerry Golf. He's playing at a really high level. And you you can't compare his numbers with Dak Prescott's. And they're both pretty much right on par with each other when, you know, Dak's a little less on the interceptions and stuff like that. But I'll say this, I learned this, there's only one, or there's three quarterbacks in the National Football League this year that have not thrown an interception against man coverage. And Jared Goff is one of them. <laughs> and this is this is a man-heavy team, the, the Cowboys. Exactly. Baker Mayfield, Maker Mayfield and Will Levis are the only other two quarterbacks in the league that have not thrown an interception against man coverage. The Cowboys play 46.7% man coverage. So we will see. 
we will see where the, as they say, the rubber meets the road. Yeah. Uh, will you get into a situation where they play more zone coverage? You're absolutely right about golf, though. He will fit the ball in between, like, really narrow windows. And he's got some receivers that aren't afraid to go get the ball. And he's got a legitimate tight end as well. But I will say this. He's also thrown the second most interceptions in the league when he's been pressured. So the the key for the key for the key for him or the key for the Cowboys I want to say is all about the pressures. The, yeah. the pressures affect the way. There used to be a time and you, you the Chicago Bears played these guys great twice. Uh and and you know and the game they won in Chicago was really it used to be where you could get, and not used to be, I think there's still something to it. There there was a time, and again, still, I think, where golf playing outside and cold was like death to him. You know, anything that... All hands. Yeah, when he played two gloves on, hand warmer, you know, all the geared up stuff that he had to do, that was like death to him. But, you know, he's he's had some pretty good numbers of of working against blitzes this year, which is another thing, you know, Dallas likes to bring the blitz. If you look at the previous five games, he's 52 of 78 for 497 yards, six touchdowns, one interceptions, one interception, but pressures, you know, give him some, have given him some problems uh, in, in the past and give him some problems uh, this year. So they throw a ton of crossing routes at you. That's uh, 15% of their routes are crossing routes. That's, the most in the National Football League. So you got him and St. Brown. St. Brown is one of the most, I mean, you, you talk about a reliable, don't don't let, he's like a practice player on a Thursday when they, when they throw the ball and it doesn't hit the, it hit the turf. Yeah. You just keep throwing him the ball. He he is that kind of guy. He is a special player. And, and you know, that's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's really, it's been super impressive uh, to watch him play and then to watch him uh, and watch him develop. And then, and not to mention these backs they have too, you know, I mean, oh, uh, it's Gibbs and Montgomery are, yeah, are really it, good. They are really. And, and the, the thing about the thing about their, their, when you watch these backs is they're one of the best in the league when it comes to yards after contact, these guys have amassed almost well over 1300 yards, almost 1400 yards, which is only behind the dolphins when it comes to, yards after contact. So, you know, the Dolphins were pretty predominantly heavy outside run. You're going to get a pretty balanced, pretty balanced, you know, group here when it comes to their, like 57% of their runs are going to be to the outside. And it's mainly to the strong side is what they like to run to. But another thing too, Bob, if I could tell you this also, yeah. I'm totally nerding out right now. No, no, no. About, Give it about, to us. about golf. But they will they will use an extra blocker. We're all familiar with Dan Skipper, their six yep. ten great guy. Met him a couple. And Dan Skipper's a great human being. Got into but a he, great he, training camp fight. Yeah, yeah, no. yeah. Exactly. He's 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 like the extra lineman. The last time we saw extra blocker, extra lineman, Buffalo. So maybe we'll see some. You know, maybe we'll see a little bit more Dan Skipper when they were running the football. They Buffalo went extra blocker. Dan Skipper's an extra blocker. But there's this team likes to run the ball. Just a little key to look at, and let's see if they break the tendency this week. They like to run the ball when golf is under center. That's like sixty nine percent of the time. Nice. That's fourth. Mo- yeah, that's fourth most in the NFL right now. 
So when you see golf understand, and they like to give their backs, the reason they do it is they like to give their backs an opportunity to the ball to be brought to them and then them to attack and then to run instead of being like in a sidecar where they hand it to them and then they have to run from that or pistol where they turn. But they like to be able to give them the ball coming downhill. So you see golf under center, that's a pretty good indication that they're going to run the football. Uh, lots of lots of great details there on the running game, St. Brown, golf, yeah. the offensive line, everything like that. Uh, before we get to the mailbag, uh, your thoughts on what you've seen from Sam Laporta at this point. I know Justin Stuckey, one of the Cowboys scouts, yeah. came in, talked to us on DallasCowboys.com and said, man, that one hurt a little bit. That kind of hurt my spirit to see Sam Laporta get big. Uh, Cowboys were fans of his, um, but he, he's been fantastic for them. Yeah, I talked to I talked to some guys in the front office this week and and uh, about that and I I followed up because remember Bobby when we were working on the draft we were in in we were, we were hearing whispers about Laporta. Remember it's yep. like Dallas could take Laporta with their with pick what twenty six there yeah. twenty yeah they could take him and we were all like wow really wow then you know it was kind of that name that you heard literally when we're sitting there at the at the star at Frisco working to get work, rework the draft. And Laporta and I had gotten some word that Mike McCarthy, Lunda Wells, and then you mentioned Mitch Stuckey or uh, Justin Stuckey, Justin yeah. Stuckey uh, was uh, was uh, you know was involved. I mean, he they were really you know, and so that's you know. But just real quick about him, he, he you know it doesn't look so bad now if they were to take him in the first round. I mean, the way he's sure. playing, uh, you know, they, they use him in a great way. They really really do. He's a tough player his routes are really good he's a mismatch kind of guy he's got strength he's got speed he's soft-handed he's got a good catch radius he, he does lead the team in drops though he's had six this year but like he catches the ball he's like a bulldozer with the ball in his hands he's you know effort as a run blocker I think he needs to improve his sustain a little bit but when you talk about a red zone weapon he's you know been targeted three times or four times three catches down the red zone, touchdown machines, got nine of those, which is the second most on the squad. So he's a guy you're definitely going to have to account for throughout this game. The, the wheel routes and, I mean, they set plays up for him. And so you have to be really mindful of that. You are listening to the Love the Star podcast. The Love the Star is an Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.